Thank you very much. Um, good morning. Uh, and it's very good to be here. Uh, as you've said, I'm going to be talking mainly about North Korea. Um, questions of both North Korea's engagement with the global nuclear non-proliferation regime, but also um, what are the possibilities that might arise um, in terms of the East Asian region. Clearly, we all know that North Korea is a flashpoint in the region. It's a disruptor to ideas of regional stability in terms of nuclear stability, but also the global non-proliferation regime. And even from when North Korea showed some signs of complying with the non-proliferation regime when it joined the non-proliferation treaty in 1985 um, under pressure from the former Soviet Union, and even when the DPRK under the rule of Kim Il-sung made clear that its pursuit of nuclearization was solely for peaceful nuclear energy, evidence pointed to the country, not least the revelation of the AQ Khan network and not least increasing evidence in the 2000s of um, clandestine highly enriched uranium and plutonium production. Moving to just flash forward over time, who can forget the displays of uh, the ICBMs, North Korea intercontinental ballistic missiles, not least the Hwasong-16, the um, two-stage liquid fuel mobile ICBM uh, in October 2020, the largest road mobile ICBM globally. Although, as um, one might debate, limited perhaps in its efficacy by its weight. We've been talking about the threats and treaties and public understandings um, of nuclear weapons and, and surely to develop public understanding, we must understand crucially the value of nuclear weapons for North Korea. It's a simple question, it's an off-sighted question, but rarely is it interrogated to um, the full extent. And well, if we're talking about getting to a nuclear-free world, perhaps as the previous panel I mentioned, well clearly the obstacles to doing so are in no small part emanating from quote-unquote rogue nuclear states such as North Korea. And it is deterrence, but it's not just deterrence. Um, what's crucial to understand is firstly how North Korea has framed its engagement with nuclear non-proliferation over time, but also the value it sees in its nuclear program. Um, the Director General of the IAEA, Rafael Grossi, stated in September last year that actually, well, the IAEA, the inspectors were um, ejected from Pyongyang in 2009. Um, Grossi stated that we will only be able to return to North Korea once some form of political understanding is there. And this form of political understanding on the part of the US, on the part of South Korea, um, is sadly not there. Even in the Biden administration's latest North Korea policy review, um, we've seen the US insist on the combination of stern deterrence and diplomacy. What that will look like in practice, um, I personally am quite skeptical. So I'd just like to highlight a couple of instances of North Korea taking advantages of the fissures in the global, global non-proliferation regime particularly after 1994, with the breakdown of the agreed framework between the US and North Korea, um, where North Korea agreed to freeze plutonium production at its Yongbyon nuclear facility 
in return for light water reactors and pledges of economic and diplomatic normalization. Uh, the LWRs were not provided and, and North Korea declared the agreement null and void soon after the Bush administration took power. So North Korea is the only state to have acceded and withdrawn from the NPT, albeit um, on self-imposed grounds. Yes, it cited Article 10 of the NPT, it cited that its sovereignty was jeopardized. Um, but again, what we see from that moment in 2003 is North Korea seeking to exploit what it deems is the, is the impotence of the global non-proliferation regime. And again, even in relation, we talk about treaties to the um, Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. Well, North Korea's response in July 2017 was that it typically described the US as the worst criminal nuclear state in the world and said that the, well, the TPNW is in fact null and void because actually um, North Korean nuclear weapons you know, is not um, a threat, it's actually for purely for defensive and deterrent purposes, a way of safeguarding the peace and stability of the Korean Peninsula. So we see North Korea simultaneously criticizing the US, which it has done, um, especially over the past 30 years, and also the institutions of the UN for being a so-called puppet of the US. So I'd like to I'd like to draw on this because um, we've spoken about the uh, JCPOA deal um, and the U.S.'s withdrawal from the JCPOA on the 8th of May in 2018. Well, one month later was the heralded summit between Trump and Kim in Singapore. And again, North Korea went into Singapore expecting some kind of deal, some kind of concessions on sanctions. Nearly a year later. Um, in Hanoi in 2019, we saw that actually, even though North Korea pledged to concede on parts of its Yongbyon facility, remember at Yongbyon, its first five megawatts reactor that went critical in 1986, um, that wasn't enough for Trump. The Hanoi summit, um, my best characterized as a sort of a theater of mismanaged expectations on the part of the US and the DPRK. So what does this mean for how we understand the global nuclear non-proliferation regime? And obviously for time constraints, there's so much more detail we can go into about North Korea and its nuclear development. Not only does North Korea want to propagate the belief that the IAEA, the UN, are merely sort of puppets of US vested interest, it also wants to make it harder in terms of for a solution to be found vis-a-vis -vis states that nuclearize outside of the non-proliferation regime. Indeed, North Korea has made clear that um, Iran is doing a good thing by seeking to resist um, US sanctions. And this leads us to the broader question of the role of multilateral institutions within this so-called crisis of multilateralism and crisis of global governance that many scholars and policymakers have attributed to the current um, era of global governance in no small part to the US leadership under Trump, but not exclusively. And I'd like to um, just, I know I've got a few minutes left, just to um, finish off my remarks by talking about how North Korea views um, existing treaties. Um, obviously, North Korea views the NPT as far from a grand bargain as possible. But Kim Jong-un in 2016 and in 2020 articulated the North Korean no first use policy. The DPRK would not use nuclear weapons first unless the forces of aggression that are hostile to us violate our sovereignty with their own nuclear weapons, quote. Slightly unusual policy, um, 
but the DPRK expounds that actually keeping and justifying its continued development of nuclear weapons is not simply something to do with um, a sort of decision made by the DPRK. It's a product of the external security environment in North Korea's perspective. And I'd like to end by um, touching on this idea of threats and peace. What does peace on the Korean Peninsula look like? If peace means a lack of direct conflict, then arguably one could argue we have had peace since 1953, bar the occasional um, and increasingly frequent belligerence of North Korea. And I'm not just talking specifically in relation to the nuclear aspect here. The abduction issue vis-a-vis -vis Japan, for instance, is one that's gained particular traction. But before we talk about ideas of peace and ideas of threats, I'd like to add another challenge to existing understandings of nuclear weapons as purely bound by ideas of deterrence. We must not forget that North Korea's nuclear weapons have immense domestic value. And I've done lots of work on this um, regard. You know, ideology may be waning domestically, but it does not mean that it's useless in terms of domestic legitimacy. We must ask not just if North Korea were hypothetically to denuclearize, what would it mean in terms of its engagement with the nuclear non-proliferation regime? Rather, we should also ask, how would they justify this domestically? We cannot overlook the domestic narrative um, embedded um, within North Korea's nuclear weapons. So when we look at ideas of regional stability, yes, we have the US-Japan and US-South Korean alliance, which has, fluctu has fluctuated over the years in its, in its strength. We look at Japan and South Korea. You know, South Korea is not immune from pursuing nuclear ambitions of its own. We've seen this in the 1970s um, under the government of Park Jong-hee. So what does this mean? Well, will we allow Japan and South Korea perhaps to have latent nuclear weapons capability? That's another um, scenario on there. So um, I know I'm, I'm running at slightly uh, over time. So I'd like to end to, by quoting from the Russian writer Alexander Herzen, who, whose 1845 book, Tov translates into who is to blame. Indeed, who is to blame for North Korea's advancement along the nuclear road, a road that it seemed increasingly unlikely from which it would turn back. Now, I think we are quite clear now that North Korea is a nuclear state in all but name. So we need to work out from a policy perspective moving forward. Is it realistic to pursue the ongoing US policy of complete verifiable irreversible dismantlement? Or is there something additional we could do? Is there scope instead for an Iran style deal, perhaps a peace treaty to end the Korean War? Small concessions on the Yongan nuclear facility that Trump did not and would not accept at Hanoi because North Korea is a nuclear power, it is a nuclear weapon state, it shows no intention of taking uh, the other road. And we may ask that over the years, as the North Korean domestic economy struggles to recover from the effects of COVID, will Kim Jong-un be forced to make a compromise with, with his nuclear program? This seems unlikely. And so who is to blame for North Korea's advancement on the nuclear road? Of course, Part of it is North Korea itself, but what can we do as the as the part of the international community? Surely it should be now about threat reduction rather than the pursuit of complete denuclearization as a short-term goal. Thank you. I'd like to end uh, my remarks there. <laughs>